Welcome back to the podcast, everyone here at the Awakened Avoidant. I'm your host Sean, and here I am with Crystal. Yeah. Miss Crystal Renee. What was that? What was the moniker? Your favorite crystal? Yeah. I know you said you only carried it. I thought it was kind of cool. That was like your favorite crystal. I'm into it. it. Makes sense. She is an abundance coach and a business owner. The name of the business is Survival to Purpose. Mm-hmm. I remember it. Can you tell me? Tell me a little bit about Survival to Purpose and you. You introduce yourself to the Awakened Avoidant family. Well, hello. Um, so survival to purpose is coaching. Um, and basically, um, I know there are a lot of, um, a lot of ideas around what coaching is. And basically it is me being curious about you and asking you questions to get, to help you dive deeper um, into what it is you really want and to get into the root of why it is that you don't have what you want. What is, what's getting in the way of your manifestations? Um, how are you getting in your own way? Um, how can we problem solve? How can we, um, how can we go up the mountain and reach the goal? So basically you provide or equip people with the tools to work through their issues. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. What was it? What was it that got you into coaching? Uh, working on myself. Yeah. Um, and I guess part of it too, part of my journey, um, was learning my birth chart, um, under learning my human design. Um, and the more I dove into it, the more I realized that this was naturally something that I'm supposed to be doing. And it gave me confirmation of, um, confirmation of my alignment to my purpose. Mm, makes sense. Yeah. I reached out to you on, I, I, there's so many social sites anymore. I can't even remember. I don't even know how we talk. So I feel like we communicate through a few of them. Was Facebook? it Facebook? Okay. Yeah. Facebook. Yeah. And I didn't know you were a coach, but found out through some of your posts and things like that. And you actually helped me. We talked about this before. You helped me identify a purpose, which was interesting for me because I didn't reach out to you looking for that. Like, I didn't know you coached or anything. I'm really not looking for a coach at all, period. But, you know, I'll take advice from anyone that gives, especially when it feels like something, you know, someone tells you something that just lands and it resonates. And you helped me identify my purpose as I'm searching for purpose, I guess. So. I appreciate you for that. And that kind of let me know that you're a legit coach, you know, because you, you passed a tool to me without even trying and I just picked it up. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you very much. So thanks for joining us and thanks for coming over and just being a part of it and breathing some new life into the show and bringing some new energy. And hopefully, you know, you stick around and come back and join us and just share all the information that you have. I mean, you know, like we've had many conversations like this is what I love. So uh, leading up to this podcast, we had talked about topics and things that we wanted to get into. And you sent me an email about it. And the topic, I, the words, what was it? It's okay. Um, So it's the core wounds. Uh, You and I both, um, this book, The Inner Work, um, we both had been listening to it listening to the book yeah yeah um and by the way thank you for recommending it i appreciate that and i love it so much that i have a physical copy and i was listening to it yeah i love the style Um, of it who are the authors you know uh it is a couple uh matt and ash 
Matt Nash. Yeah, that's literally what it says oh, right okay, here. Matt cool. Nash. Um, Shout out to Matt Nash. Yeah, you can find them on Instagram. Yeah, they're they're they are the yoga couple, Matt and Ash. Oh, that's cool. I didn't realize they were a couple. That yeah. makes sense though. Interesting how the vibe. I love I like the vibe of the book. Like I told you before, I feel like it's kinda like a tennis match. I'm I'm a sport person, so I relate a lot of things to sport. It's probably like what? No, but, again, you know, just like the back the and back forth, and the rhythm of it. Yeah, exactly. I like that part about it. And I'd never heard a book like that before, so yeah cool. i'm definitely a fan um and so um i am a um in the back of the book uh the way that they have um the way that they have it set up it uh why i want the physical copy is because i'm a virgo moon so i like to uh, I like the way that, oops, sorry. I like the way that they had put this together. Um, but anyway, off topic. Um, the wound of rejection. Yes. The themes of wounding. Um, and the first one they talk about is rejection. So my idea was that we would go over the wound of rejection um, and also talk about how we have personally uh, dealt with this wound. Yeah. So the wound of rejection and how it's played a part in our journey and need to heal from that? Yes. Would you like to begin? Yeah. So the traumas um, of the wound of rejection are physical abuse, emotional, mental abuse, humiliation, racism, prejudice, religious severity, harassment, divorce, abandonment, poverty. Um, and so the wild thing is like for me, I check every single one of those boxes. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> Literally every single one. Yeah, me too. Um, so I also want to say like high five to us because we've survived a hundred percent of our hardest days. So that is also beautiful to see that we've gone through each of these, um, and we are still Thriving. accelerating in life. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I was just thinking about that as you said it, when you said 100% of our hardest days. And then I was like, yeah, she's right. Yeah, our hardest days, because the days that are behind us were our hardest and everything after it. So I get it. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so do we want to go into these wounds and give examples, or are we just going to... Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. You want to start? <laughs> <laughs> I can start if you want. Um, yeah, go ahead. Okay. I'll say the wound, the wound of rejection for me begins, everyone knows, anyone that's listening, you know, that knows a little bit of my story, starts with the dad for me. Yeah, everything starts with the dad. You know, mom's super loving in the picture. Way more important, I would say, and instrumental in my life as far as, you know, my evolution and journey and reaching here, but in a positive way. So the dad was most of the negative stuff. I think I carried that through my life, yeah, up until, I don't know, 30s or something, up until the moment that I said to myself that not having a dad hurt me. It's probably the moment that I began to heal from it. Not that it was over or anything, but the, the moment that I acknowledged it and recognized it and decided that I wanted to do something about it. But I guess it just, <clears throat> when you come into this world, you know, innately desiring love and you don't get it from one of the two people that you 
want it from or think you're supposed to get it from, you just carry that, you know? Like that's, I felt that ever since I was a kid, I guess it was just like, if the one person in the world that is supposed to love you, doesn't love you, can or will anybody else, you know? So I felt that most of my life or even in relationships, they're just like, I never quite knew, you know? If anyone would or should, even now I probably still think that, but a lot less now because I got a family, you know? So I'm like, well, I hope, you know, people hear it, <laughs> you know? But, you know, but prior to that. So yeah, I would say the dad thing was definitely that impacted me. And in situations like rejection was so big, even in sports. When I was a young kid, I got cut from a sport initially, and I never tried out for that sport ever again. And even that rejection was just like, you know, probably coincides and ties into the dad thing. As soon as that happened, especially because of the way it happened, you know, that specific incident. So, yeah, rejection was a mm. big part for me, all stemming from the father. Mm. So what you also just said, like that wound of rejection, right, stopped you from trying out from that sport again. Yeah. So it held you back. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's just like. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's it. Yeah, thank okay. you. Um, and as you see, you were talking about that. The root program is I am unlovable. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I carried that. What about you? Can you relate? So a thousand percent. So, uh, I still, I have the dad wound. I also have the mom wound. Um, both of which I had, uh, an abusive mother, uh, verbally, physically, emotionally. Um, and, with that, um, when I was really little, uh, she had told me that my biological father didn't care about me. And she would tell me all of the time, um, that he didn't care about me. And so I believed her. Um, and at, it's just wild. It is wild. Um, so later on in life, uh, I'm in like my thirties, I find out that, and the only reason why I find this out is because I went with my parents to go visit like my old babysitter from like when I was a toddler. And the babysitter said that my biological father used to sneak in and come visit me to spend time with me. And so she always made me feel like, I mean, cause I'm like a toddler at this point. So I didn't have any memories of this. I don't really have any memories of him. I just have like one picture. Um, and as a toddler, she, uh, I remember her saying, Hey, your dad has a bag of toys from you for you. You can have them or you can have them, um, or you can have them and see him. And I chose just be, yeah, it's weird. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she would always tell me that he didn't care about me. He wouldn't even spend any money to buy me shoes, like just weird things. Um, but I don't know what is the truth because then I hear from this other person and she said it in front of my mom and my mom didn't deny that. So I'm like, if he's sneaking in to spend time with me, obviously he loved me. Yeah. And then I hear from then later on in life, um, he had passed Then he had left money for me. Uh, through, uh, it's just, yeah, this stuff is really wild. Um, 
Then I get in touch with his mom because she had to let my mom know that there was money for me. Um, and even that is another wild story with yeah, his but mom. But um, so then I find out from her that he said that he wanted to go on a like a like a talk show to see if he could get like in connection with me again. So and he I'm was just trying. Like, yeah, exactly. So it's just like you. The, my whole entire life, she had told me that you know he didn't care about me, and I believed her. So I'm holding this wound of rejection from my dad. Uh, that wasn't even my wound of rejection. That was you know her stuff with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I'm in like toxic relationships and looking for that, that, you know, to heal that dad wound from these unhealthy relationships. Um, so So you're really searching for validation. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And from the, and the thing is from the most toxic people, um, I've been there. (sighs) I was like that in my younger years as well i would say searching for validation or just looking to anyone that you thought showed something that mm-hmm. resembled whatever felt good you know whatever whatever um space or void that you're you were looking to fill but you know we all do it unknowingly you know you know had we known obviously we would have made better choices and now you know full circle as we get older we you know look to heal those and figure out how do we make better choices moving forward and how do we make better choices so that our kids know to make better choices? Yeah, no, a thousand percent. Um, also, I mean, I can say that there honestly have been times where I'm like, I know that this shit is toxic, but still continue to hang out with that person or still. Um, and I had to get to the root of that because I'm still getting something out of it. I had to be honest with myself and see that the not only is part of this like relationship toxic and I keep going back but whether it's like uh attention or sex or like whatever it is there's something that I'm still getting out of it that I don't want to let go of so it's just like how um for me it's like how do I fulfill that for myself in order to stop going back to that toxicity um yeah that's interesting did you ever figure out what that was what do you mean like, what was it that kept you going back? Because you said you were getting something from it. You were knowingly going back and engaging in toxic behaviors and situations. Did you ever figure out, like, oh, yeah, what yeah. that was? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm a, sorry. What? No, just things went through my head that I'm like, we're not talking about that right now. Oh, yeah. You can, um, you know, go right around it, curve it, whatever yeah. you want to do, stop it. <laughs> Don't feel obligated to talk about him. No, no, no. I just like this, um, an example that I was thinking of. And I was like, no, I'm not talking about that example. I'm going to do it, everyone. But um, even with my mom, um, no longer spending time with her. That also means now I don't have her to help me when, you know, if I need something, I can't turn to her and ask for help. You know, now, like, I would love to be like, hey, can you watch my daughter? I'm going to go do this and this and this. Like, and I had to realize because at first, before I had, you know, uh, realized that we were just in this cycle of toxicity, mm-hmm. um, I was allowing her to do things um, like that. And it was great. I'd go get my nails done. She would watch my daughter, all of these things. And I was still getting something out of it. Or if I wanted to store things in her basement because I 
used to be insane with buying clothes. So like I had tubs and tubs of like, you know, like before pregnancy clothes and things like that, where mm-hmm. I'm just like, we're going to get that body back. And we are. Um, but <laughs> I have faith in you too. I like the way you slipped that in there real quick. So wait, <laughs> I like that. But, um, but so it's like, I no longer get to use her basement as storage or, you know, like yeah. there are, there were things that I were, that I was getting and benefiting from, mm-hmm. or just to be able to stop over there and be like, I don't feel like making dinner. Can you make me something to eat? Yeah. Like that, that, that was great. That's interesting that because there's some like a net, a small net benefit that we get from certain situations that we stay in them, even though we know that, you know, it's not always good that where I guess sometimes just confronting them is so hard and there's just so many of them it's like where do you start I'm speaking for myself now you know like all these different you know relationships that aren't exactly on paper what they probably should be as far as you know communication and how we deal with each other and you know there's just so many of them you just let them go like really where do I begin and I guess for me the where do I begin is just with me you know like not in any specific relationship it was like let me start working on myself. Let me figure that part out. And, you know, I could be, you know, the nucleus and work on, you know, the radius around me. Just, you know, start to work from within. That was, you know, my journey. And hopefully, you know, my my radius now is, you know, like mom, uh, wife, son. So, you know, and those are the most important people to me. So, you know, just start working on myself for them. What about when, when someone... Have you ever had any um, clients come to you with the wound of rejection? Yeah. I mean, ultimately, this is kind of in some way, shape or form, everyone has had to deal with this wound of rejection. I mean, I know that these are like the traumas that we had talked about. Uh, Like, as you said, sports, like that's not on here as like a trauma, but that is trauma. It really is based on that individual like for some for some little kids you know getting rejected from the baseball team is a core wound what if you know then all of a sudden their friends laughed at them or you know their parents are like what's wrong with you how can you know like you know there are those you know sports parents that are you know like yeah yeah you know that you know like yeah Yeah, yeah, exactly so we don't want to label anyone but i just did label but you know what i mean it's like jokingly serious But yeah, so there's that ripple effect of that. Um, But I also want to go back to what you were saying before um, about um, working on yourself Mm -hmm. and then also, you know, then basically being a ripple effect for your son, for your wife, for your relationship with your mom, all of these things. Um, uh, And I guess like for me personally too, um, what I... Uh, I'm divorced, um, but my ex-husband and I, we co-parent, um, and we're, you know, like, that shit is not easy, you know? Quick question. Is it, this might be, no, I'm not going to say there's any dumb questions. Is it easier or harder than when you were married? So, okay. So that's where I was getting to, because it's like wild. It is not easy um, how we co-parent, but, okay, we live in the same building. Okay. So he lives upstairs. He So we, we, have, we live in a three, 
uh, three-story duplex. He has the, I live on the first floor. He lives in the second and third floor. Um, so there is a entrance and then there's two doors once you go through the hallway in the entrance. We leave both of our doors open so our daughter just goes up and down the stairs. Whenever she wants to come and see mom, whenever she wants to go to see dad, she goes upstairs. We both have our own space, but we still communicate every single day. That's an awesome situation. Right? I mean, you know, for bad situations, that's about as good as a bad situation can get. Yes. But then also, let's put him into the mix. Now he's dating. So like, that's a thing. Mm -hmm. And then we had to go through that hurdle of like, listen, like, so our daughter's bedroom is in his apartment. So he has a two bedroom, I have one bedroom. Um, so part of that is she was always sleeping in her room, but now he's got a girlfriend who, you know, and I'm not gonna put all that out there. But, um, they need to, um, basically they can only hang out at his place, but our daughter is upstairs in the third floor. So now we have to figure that out. So now we have, um, mommy, what I've done is I said, Hey, we will create mommy daughter nights. So she sleeps in my apartment, um, with me. Um, cause I have a one bedroom. But so that he can have alone time with his mm. girlfriend. So it's complex. Yeah, it's complex. But like the thing is, I also recognize that for her, I need to care about him. Uh, and not in that romantic sense, yeah. but I need to, you know, him being happy with his girlfriend. Mm. That is like, I want him to be happy. So how can I, um, what is it that I can do to help the situation? So that way she is not over when our daughter is there because like i'm like my thing is that it's new you don't know someone's crazy until they present it to you and i don't want her to present her crazy to you when our daughter is in the apartment what if you guys get into a fight and she starts yelling then our daughter you know what i'm saying like it's just like you don't um, we had to also navigate to have that conversation of when you were dating um I say one year before the child gets to meet that person. He thinks that's too long. He said six months. And in my opinion, when you're dating, you don't actually meet someone until six months into the relationship. You're putting your best foot forward, Mm. all of that jazz. You don't really know, like learning each other's pet peeves or things that, you know, like it it takes time. So um, we have... um, compromise at nine months and one thing that was easy for us that we both agreed on was that we have to meet the other person first before they meet our daughter huh that is an interesting situation for sure and unique to each person obviously because that sounds complex so you guys made a compromise on when the other person meets your daughter yes that's nice that you have some control over that and he has some control over that too yeah, a thousand percent. Like I can, and the thing is, if we know that we genuinely care about each other in that sense, for like, for our daughter, we both understand that we're not gonna like. I mean, I hope not. Um, try to picket things about the other person. It's just like I just want to make sure you are like, in case I see something that he doesn't see, that like, 
hey, like, this is weird. Like, you may just be in love, but, like, that may not be, you know? I mean, and we haven't gotten that far yet. So we will see what that's like when we get there. I'm not really looking forward to it, to be honest. But then also, like, if I start actually dating someone on a serious note, like, that might be something that I need to go through. Um, But the beauty of that I'm really enjoying... Uh, something that was hard for us when we were married and now that this has given us the opportunity because we are pretty much like forced to do it is have days to ourselves like we alternate Sundays now so all of today I get to myself I can do whatever I want to do I don't have to ask anybody else she is with the safety of her dad and the next Sunday she will be with me all day Mm -hmm. and he can go run his errands go play basketball to go do whatever he wants to do so um it, it, these are things that I wanted to implement when we were married and we just, I guess, couldn't communicate in that sense when we were married. Uh, we do, did go to couples counseling. Um, but now it's like, now I get to have my cake and eat it too at the same, at the same sense. So, um, but it's also awkward at the same time because, you know, we are divorced, but we still, are just tied to each other at the same time, but not in this like romantic way. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I can tell. It's nice that you still care about the the man, the person, your daughter's father. Like I can still you tell you still care. Yeah. Well, that's how much I love her. Yeah, that's awesome. Good for you. Good for you, mom. I like that for you. Thank yeah. you. If you're happy and working through that, that sounds like a a complex situation. I'm just listening to you and thinking, how would I work through that? And I just, you know what? I'm just like, you know what? I don't want to think about how it would work through that. You know, I don't don't even want to think about that. So not even going to go there, but props to you for navigating that. Thank you. All right. Let's close this one out. (laughs) We'd like to thank you for tuning in to the Awakened Avoidant. We hope our convo has provided you with insight inspiration and healing energy as you go about your week let's continue to work together to heal ourselves and our community stay safe and continue to spread healing vibes wherever you go catch a new episode wednesday weekly on all platforms